Welcome to After the Bell with your host, Laura. If you like what you hear today, please rate and review kindly. This show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education. If you'd like to know more about me, please visit my Instagram page at EducatingLaura. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm here to read one of my blog posts, which I wrote in June of this year. But before I get to that, I wanted to do a little bit of a pitch for you to hopefully get you involved in something that I'd like to put forth on the podcast. So a lot of my conversations that I've been having have revolved around the importance of relationships in teaching. And I'm always involved in conversations in which teachers are speaking about students and what we believe is the best practice for students. But I don't think often that we give students the platform that they need. And I had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine who embarked on collating data for the school from students to try and understand what students want, what students needed. And it was a voluntary survey. And she got about 10% of the school responding. And I was speaking to her and she said that one of the students actually said that they don't feel that anything really comes of the information. And so it didn't really seem to be worth their time to complete it. And look, that was just one comment from one student. I think that the other thing potentially that we could be considering is where the information is going. Is it a place that students are really accessing it? Where are the students? You know, if we want their feedback, do we need to go to them? And is an email the best place? I'm not sure. And that's really what this blog is about today too. So I just wanted to put out there that I do feel that we make a lot of decisions about the students. And as Nat said, and it keeps going around and around my head in her episode, Rise to the Challenge, just speak to them. We really just need to speak to them, find out what's going on. And rather than perhaps putting a paper in front of them, having a conversation that face-to-face. And again, that comes back to Elliot's episode, Our Talented Youth, in which he said that he doesn't really consume feedback unless he is actually engaging with it by having a conversation. And so I'm trying to create these conversations here, obviously. And I have a lot of connections with educators, but I would like an opportunity to give this platform over to the students. And so I'd like to put an episode out called I Wish My Teacher. And there has been an initiative that was put out called I Wish My Teacher Knew. And it's kind of in that vein, but taking it a step further. And what I would really like to do is to invite students or invite teachers to do this activity with their students in which they put the opening of this sentence, I wish my teacher, and the students can finish it. And so it could be, I wish my teacher knew, I wish my teacher said, taught, understood, valued, provided, contributed, asked, any way that a student would like to answer that question. And what I'd like to do is put an episode together in which I showcase student voice. So the goal would be to have a student record a little answer to that. So I wish my teacher and filled it out how they would like, recorded a short voice memo, less than a minute, and sent it directly to my email, tutoringbylaura at outlook.com. And I will put that information in the show notes as well. I'd like it to be anonymous because it's much more about the message. I'm seeing now on a lot of my statistics that this podcast is not just in Australia anymore. It is going to the UK, a couple in Europe, the US, New Zealand. So it's about the message in which I want to convey. So I don't want student names. I don't want school names. I don't want teacher names. It could be subject based. So perhaps in maths, there's something that you'd like to see happening in the classroom when engaging with that kind of content or English or or whatever. 
but I'd like it to be a message about the things that perhaps could make your experience better in the classroom, maybe something that impacts your ability to learn. So it could be something like, I wish my teacher knew that I had to cook dinner every night and that impacts my ability too. It could be something really simple. I'd obviously like to showcase the individuality within the classroom that we are not just looking at someone behind a desk, but there is a backstory there and there are wants and needs that need to be addressed by us as educators. And I just want to showcase that there is not one way to teach or to learn. And the more students that have a platform to share their needs and voices, the more teaching can be relevant and impactful. And that's really what I'm going for here. I would like to put the disclaimer in that if this is a really serious issue in which you are fearful of your life, that you potentially might be engaging in harmful activity, I would encourage you to go to the proper channels and seek out welfare professionals in that case. And I'll include some links in the show notes for where you can find that support. But yes, that is something that I would like to do. So if you're a teacher that would like to engage in this activity with your class, feel free to go to my Instagram page at educatinglaura and DM me if you want more information. So I'd love it if you could get involved, share this. And as I said, it could just be a class activity if you're a teacher. So to the blog powerpoint versus insta story how should we be presenting in 2020 if i'm honest this topic began as a bit of a rambling igtv video that i've since removed because i think writing for me allows for a much better evolution of thought i was having a coffee with another teacher and we were discussing the science unit she was currently teaching obviously with the remote learning starting to come to an end she was wanting to engage her students with as many practical activities as possible as most theory had been exhausted during online learning The unit was based around ecosystems and we were acknowledging the limitations of such a topic when it comes to experiments. I asked her what the final assessment was. She told me that it was some sort of PowerPoint presentation on endangered animals. Why did she say it? I felt my eyes roll back almost instinctively. I've often been called out on my inability to hide my expression when it comes to things like this. A PowerPoint presentation. I was already bored. Whether you have been a teacher or a student, surely you can understand the statement death by PowerPoint. Look, to be fair, PowerPoint has come a really long way from the five designs and basic animation functions of the 1990s. You can now embed videos, narrations, GIFs, etc. But it still is a slide-based medium that relies on slabs of text and maybe an image or video littered throughout. Also, at junior levels of high school, most students will embed all of their information that they need to say in a slide so they can just read from it. It makes them feel safe and I understand, but it doesn't make it any more enjoyable for the viewer. Reflecting my initial disdain at this idea, I realised that it wasn't actually about the PowerPoint presentation itself, but what it represented to me. It represented old technology and outdated presentation platforms. If I consider where PowerPoint is relevant, I think of a flip phone and pages. Sure, it was cutting edge at one time, but now it just seems a little antiquated. So if we're expected to get our students to present in a format that is probably not that relevant in the current workforce, are we really doing our job? Are we educating them for the roles they will be occupying once they leave school? I began to think further in terms of a medium that is actually engaging for me. Where do I actively consume information willingly that holds my attention? I would have to say it's social media, primarily the story function now available. In 2020, there have been a number of campaigns on Instagram and Facebook, incredibly influential ones in fact. Comedian Celeste Barber created a Facebook campaign with the goal of $30,000 to be raised for the victims of Australian bushfires, which ended up with a total of $51 million being donated. We have had love and support going out during the COVID pandemic to spread unification and camaraderie across the globe. We are seeing the importance of the Black Lives Matter hashtag to spread information, education, anti-racist hopes in a dire time for many people of colour, both past and present. My Instagram feed was filled with black squares on Tuesday night. This goes to show how long ago I wrote this blog. 
to acknowledge the privileged position of white people who have always had a voice and to vacate the stage so many people of colour could take up their space. This is an important movement which has gained traction quickly through a media platform I think many educators have either not considered or are potentially too scared to use. I've seen a number of influencers promoting programs and books that teach people how to gain a following online. They show how to engage with their community and create a narrative behind their stories, to generate a personality behind a brand and to align with like-minded high-profile people to generate influence and potentially a career. Through the story function, there are a number of engagement possibilities with polls, questions and a swipe up function to take the audience to additional content. It is eye-catching, it moves quickly and it has impact. There are a large number of free apps that allow content to be created with minimal effort and it can include original imagery, video and quotes. To me, it is the way of the future. I'm sure we are beginning to see presentation format shift in industry, so why are we dragging our feet in the classroom? I have one word. Fear. I too am not without my fear. I fear about encouraging a platform that can be ruthless with its haters and negativity. I fear the blurring of the line between the professional and personal relationship between teacher and student. I fear about my potential lack of ability to protect my students if they broadcast their message or image to a world of people that may prey upon them. However, this is the reality. It's already happening. Social media has become more and more influential over the past 10 years than any other medium. It is responsible for careers, for creativity, for free speech, as well as allowing predators to hide in plain sight and for bullying to occur in a way that is relentless and insidious. Teaching abstinence doesn't stop teenagers from having sex. Banning phones in classrooms does not stop students from having them in their lockers. Not endorsing social media as a legitimate presentation platform will not stop our students from posting. So what is our responsibility here? Through the inclusion of crafted curriculum and the creation of social media content as part of presenting in school, there is an opportunity for education. We can discuss the importance of discernment online. We can offer the analysis of poorly received social media campaigns or imagery and offer reasons why the audience reacted as they did. I'm not saying these campaigns are necessarily to be posted, but I think the refinement necessary before something is broadcast is an important thing to learn in a safe space. You only have to look at the recent fall of Emily Oberg and her brand Sporty and Rich to see the impact social media has on an individual and their livelihood, both on its way up and on its cataclysmic way down. If you don't know about Emily Oberg, I will have a link for her in the show notes. Pretending this is not part of our society because we are scared does not sit well with me. We are educators, so shouldn't we be educating our students on how to be safe in a potentially unsafe, yet highly appealing and alluring medium? As always, if you like what you hear today, please share on social media. If you can like it on the pod apps, that's amazing. It helps people see the podcast and allows people that are interested in hearing this content to get access to it. So thank you so much for the reviews and the comments that I've already received. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Ooh.